University again. This is a continuation of our in-depth study of God's will and word and provision regarding receiving, walking in, and ministering and releasing healing. And this is lesson uh, number 13 of, of section 2 in Healing University. And this is titled, entitled, uh, How to Receive Healing, Part 2. We began to talk about that in the last session that um, I've written a book called uh, Your Healing Door. And you can you can get it on charisbiblecollege.org or on my website, gregmoremohr.com. And I, this, this book was written and the things that I'm sharing with you in these two lessons have come from uh, life experiences of uh, of people that in my own life of healing from cancer, my son's healing uh, from a muscular arthritic condition uh, to uh, several people that I've watched as, as uh, my wife and I pastored for 27 years, we, we, it became a passion of mine to help people walk out the healing provision that Jesus already paid for 2000 years ago. And, and we've seen that time and time and time and time and time again. And many times people are looking for some instant formula, some, you know, quick prayer or whatever. But when it comes to disciples when it, of Jesus, people who are strong believers, uh, typically uh, you're going to receive by faith. You know, later in se- session or section three, I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and healing that come that way. Um, but before I get into this lesson, I want to share you share with you another funny. Um, this is called uh, Facebook Principles. So for those of my older generation like me, who do not really comprehend the need for Facebook, presently I'm trying to make friends outside of Facebook while applying the same principles. Therefore, every day I walk down the street and tell passers-by what I've eaten, how I feel, what I've done the night before, and what I will do tomorrow. Then I give them pictures of my family, my dog, my garden, and spending time in my pool. I also listen to their conversations, and I tell them I love them, and it really works. I already have three persons following me. (laughs) <laughs> two police officers and a psychiatrist. <laughs> That's funny. Praise God. Okay, so this is uh, part two of how to receive how to receive healing. And there, as I mentioned in the last lesson, there are many ways to receive healing. God always heals, but He doesn't always use the same method, and it only takes one key of revelation to unlock a a healing door for you or or health for you. And we began in the last session and talked about three of those keys. And uh, it starts, number one, with knowing that healing is the will of God for everyone, every time, all the time. No one is exempt. Now, certainly you can get to the end of your life and determine, you know, hey, you want to go to heaven? Like the Apostle Paul, he said, you know, I've got to, you know, I'm going to straight betwixt two, you know, to, to uh, uh, depart and go and be with Christ, which is far better. 
or to stay here uh, and be with you, which is better for you. But he had a choice. And I want to encourage you. Uh, yeah, we're all we all are going to have a limited time on earth. But I want to I want to live out my days. Uh, he promised us a long life and that he would satisfy us with with long life and salvation. And so I, I want to live my life to its to its fullest extent. And I don't want it cut short by sickness and disease. And you don't have to die sick. You don't have to die with some disease in your body. You can just you can just take off and go home to be with Jesus uh, when when your course is done. So you've got to know that healing is the will of God for everyone, every time, all the time. Just like it's the will of God for everyone to be saved. But have you ever witnessed to someone and they didn't receive the Lord? Uh, you didn't stop witnessing to people just because if they died, they didn't go to heaven. And so we shouldn't stop praying for people. Number two, you have the power of God, so use it. You've got authority. Uh, God is not God is not going to come down and, and run the enemy off of your out of your body today. That's our responsibility. We have authority. We have to we have to tell the enemy what to do and where to go. And heaven backs us with that. And then number three, keep exalting the truth above the facts until the truth prevails. Now I want to move into another uh, key, a uh, healing key that will help you receive healing. Um, is uh, understand that you're loved. Understand you are loved. Say that with me. Understand I am loved. Galatians 5, 6 says, Faith which worketh by love. Faith works best when we understand we're loved. Uh, for example, I've got, I've got four children and we have 12 grandchildren. We're blessed. Uh, nine of those are granddaughters. Uh, if I called two of my granddaughters uh, today and, and said that uh, they call me Pop-Up and they called my wife Grams and said uh, Pop-Up and Grams are going to take you shopping on Saturday. And I, let's say I called Hannah and Haley and we're going to go shopping. Well, do you know that they don't have an ounce of problem believing that they're going to go shopping on Saturday? They're not struggling with their faith. They're not doubting. No, what are they doing? They're planning. They're writing down the places they want to go. When we pick them up, uh, they know right where they want to go. They know what store they want to go. They know what they want to buy. They know uh, what, 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 what they want to do with our money. <laughs> Praise God. They have no problem believing for that shopping trip because they know they're loved. And they believe their grandparents are loaded. <laughs> well, we are. Praise God. And, but the bottom line is God's more loaded. And, and uh, when my son Michael was, was so sick, uh, we took him to a meeting at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, and, and um, Norval Hayes was there ministering uh, on the love of God, on compassion of the Lord. And I took Michael forward to be, he, uh, to be prayed for, and Norval Hayes laid his hands on Michael, went down the line, and, and he came back intentionally, and he grabbed 
his arm, he, he, he grabbed Michael and me and just and held us with an, a, a compassionate embrace. And he just wept and he wept and he wept and he wept over us. And something broke in me that helped me receive the Lord's compassion for us through Norval's tear, tearful embrace. Uh, there was something about God's understanding. God wanted me well. God wanted my son well. That, that broke something in me and it produced faith. Faith doesn't work where we walk in love, though that's, it takes faith to walk in love, but faith works in our lives when we understand we're loved. F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth, who wrote Christ the Healer, says it like this, it's not what God can do, uh, but what we know he yearns to do that inspires faith. And, you know, after my son Michael was healed uh, a few uh, months later, and after he was healed, we had opportunity to share our testimony on national radio and television broadcasts. And the result of that was we had, I mean, we had parents writing us. I remember one, one parent uh, wrote us and then called me uh, from Ireland. We have people all from all over the world writing us, calling us, and then later emailing us desperate to know what to do to help their child. And in many cases, they were looking for something they could do, some spiritual principle button that they could push or some spiritual principle lever they could pull to bring healing to their child. And I, I mean, I remember how desperate I was holding Michael in my arms and I'd heard all these testimonies from um, Oral Roberts and uh, Kenneth Hagin and all these other people that, that, we, that we follow that their children had been healed and they had been healed. And, and, but I, I held my baby, my, my uh, 16-month-old baby in my arms and I said, Lord, don't let my ignorance stop the healing power of God from, from manifesting in my baby. This is my baby. I know you healed all those others, but Lord, I need your healing power to manifest here in my house, in my home. And so many of you are watching, you're in the same place, whether it's you or a family member. And I want you to know, you know, we're not ministering this at Healing University like, you know, we're, we're up here and you, you're down here. We have compassion on you. I've been there. I've, I've, I've held my baby that looked like he was going to die. The doctors had no remedy for him. They said he wouldn't walk. He would never walk again. They said he wouldn't live past 10 years old. And now he's, now he's uh, 40 and he's got a family and he's given me three beautiful grandchildren. God is the same for you. He loves you. God will meet you where you are. And too many times what happens is, especially where our children are concerned, we get desperate. We're, we, we, we do this thing. We try to do the other thing. I mean, I remember my wife fasted for uh, some period of time and, and the Lord told, asked her, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm fasting. He said, why are you doing that? He said, I didn't lead you to do that. It's fine if he leads you to fast. It's fine if he leads you to to do a certain thing. But the bottom line is, guys, here, here, here's the thing. I want, I want to encourage you. Take a chill pill. 
I want you to rest in the fact that God loves you. He cares about you. He wants your child healed. He wants you healed. He loves you. He's got compassion on you. And He's already provided healing for you. And if there's anything you need to know, if there's anything you need to do, uh, the Lord's going to show that to you. But it's it, faith comes when you understand you're loved. And when we had so many people calling us, writing us, and, you know, I would just, so many times I would just tell them this, uh, it's really one of the chapters of my book. You, look, you need to meditate on the fact that God loves you and whatever you need, He's not holding out on you. I mean, He already, he already sent Jesus to pay the price for us 2,000 years ago. And I, I just want, I want to encourage you, God, God, stop trying to figure out what to do. Many, too many times you're, the focus becomes, you become the focus in what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, all that stuff. You focus on the Lord and you, you let him reveal to you how much he cares for you, how much he loves you. Because I'm telling you guys, he, he, he really, really does have compassion on you. He's not, there's nothing you've done in life. There's no mistake you've made that's going to limit God's love from extending to you. And he's doing that right now through this message. I'm praying right now, Ephesians chapter 3, that you would comprehend uh, the love of God that passes all knowledge. God's love that, that's uh, super abundant. And he's not holding out on you. He's not holding back on you. What you've seen him do for others, he'll do for you. He's no respecter of persons. If he, look, if he would heal my baby, and he did, he did, um, he'll heal yours. If he healed my body, and he did, I'm standing before you free from cancer. I'm standing before you free from sepsis and, and double pneumonia. And uh, the doctor couldn't even find any sign or residue of that in my body. Uh, he's no respecter of persons. It's, it's not because, you know, he's not going to get healing to you because, you know, you're some super duper person or you live right or you do everything right or you push every button and, and, and you know, I mean, you push every uh, button and pull every lever or, or cross every T and dot every I. It's not that he loves you, man. You're his child. If you're born again, if you're not, if you're not born again right now is a great time. Just open your heart and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I accept you. I, I receive you. First of all, as my Savior, then as my healer. I, I just turn from my uh, way of life of, of self-reliance, and I depend on you. And I call on you, Jesus. Be my healer. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, uh, man, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming to your heart, and He loves you. He's going to manifest healing to you right now. Right where you're sitting, right where you're watching this, uh, this the compassion of the Lord is moving through me to you to tell you He loves you and healing is yours. Praise God. Matthew 7, verse 11. Jesus said, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, your Father, you know, if you and I Love our children. Where did you get that love? Where did you get that unconditional love for your children? 
Where, where did it come from? You got it from your heavenly father. And if you're born again, and those of you that just accepted the Lord, you are, you're his child. You're, you're clean, you're pure, you're whole, you're righteous. You're, you're, you're not just a forgiven sinner. You're, you're, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. He, he made you like him. You're a child of God now. And he loves you just like you love your children. In fact, in fact, much, much more. You can't even fathom that that love, but except to just look at the love that you have for your children, you know how much you love them or, or how much your parents love you. How much more will your heavenly father, your father, your father, say my father, who's in heaven, give good gifts to those that ask him. And if you love your children, you understand where you got that love. Your father gave you that love. Your father gave you that ability to love. And how much more does God's love for his children, that means you uh, and, and me, will it, will it cause healing to come? His compassion is towards you. Ken Blue, who wrote The Authority to Heal, said, Saturate our, saturating our minds with the truth of God's unconditional love will do more to create a healing environment than anything else we can do. I really, really want to encourage you, like I've done with so many people who were so desperate for their children, they didn't know what to do. They got, you know, all kinds of a cancer diagnosis, uh, diabetes, uh, blood disorders, all kinds of things that were going on, uh, autism. All Listen, guys, uh, Jesus' name is greater than autism. We don't have to submit to autism. Yeah, but you don't know the doctor said this, the doctor said that again. We, God's love is greater than that and His Word is greater than that. He loves you. I want to encourage you. Focus on the fact, focus on the scriptures that, that, that talk about God's love for you. And what's going to happen is your faith, it, it's a boost to your faith. And it'll cause you to, it'll cause you to do the next point. Once you meditate on God's love for you, then the next point that I want to share with you is you, then you're able to see yourself well. You must see yourself well. If you're struggling with sickness and disease and pain, the question I want to ask you, especially if it's been that way for a long time, because like with my cancer, the cancer that I had, it was relatively quickly, it was a supernatural gift of the Spirit, and then uh, gifts of the Spirit, you can always get healed by gifts of the Spirit, but you can't stay healed with the, with the gifts of the Spirit. So, so, uh, but that came relatively quickly with my son, Michael. It was a, it was a three-month, six-month year process, uh, or more than a year, where, where there was total healing. And so when that, you know, when, when that's all you see and that's all you hear, you're seeing your son all of his joints are swelling up twice their size. He, he, you know, he's crying all the time. He's in tremendous pain. Nothing the doctors can do except maybe give him some pain meds or some steroids. And they said, if you give him too many steroids, it can, it can cause him to be uh, all kinds of side effects that are not good. And, and so, uh, you know, how, the question is, so I, so I understand that. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as the sick or do you see yourself as the well and the whole? Now, it's okay. Just be honest. Just be honest with yourself because you have to start with, I mean, 
be honest with God. Help me to see myself well. Because my battle with cancer, when the doctor, once the doctor gave us the diagnosis of cancer, you know, when you hear the C word, I automatically I got a vision of myself in a casket with all of my family coming to my funeral and getting saved. That was a vision the devil gave me. But I thought it was from God. Only one thing wrong with that picture. I'm not the sacrifice that gave his life for my family to be saved. I, I couldn't, my life wasn't a perfectly innocent man like Jesus. My sacrifice couldn't, didn't even come close to the, to the sacrifice of Jesus to save my family. And, but that was a picture. That was a picture the enemy tried to plant when I heard that report of cancer then I saw, you know, you, you, you see things and I saw myself in a casket. Thank God I'm not there. Uh, and I, I didn't go there then. I had, I had two more children to birth and a lot of ministry and, and, I, and a ministry to share with you. But once a different picture than the truth is planted in your heart, it's difficult to believe the word of God in that area of your life. Once you get a picture that's just, it's implanted in the soulish part of your heart. Now, when you're born again, your spirit man is saved, but you're, the soulish part of you, your, your mind, will, and emotions, uh, you can get different pictures. And then, then when you get, a, you get a negative picture in your heart that, that all you see is yourself sick, you see yourself in pain, you see yourself taking medicine, you see yourself you know, in a casket, you, you, you know, you just see yourself bound by that, then it's hard for you to get well. Uh, you, you've got to let the Word of God and the Spirit of God erase the picture of you being sick, you being in that wheelchair, you being, you know, uh, you've you, you been in pain. You've got you to let, uh, you, where you can't move or whatever, you, you've got you to let God paint another picture in your heart, if the negative picture in our heart is going to change, it's imperative that we got to we have to change our focus. So, where, where's your focus? What are you seeing? Uh, and, we, and we've got to change our focus until we see ourselves well on the inside. And I want to submit to you that that uh, it's difficult to to get well on the outside until you see yourself well on the inside. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord. So we become like whatever we behold. He said, Beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we're transformed into that same image. But whatever we behold the most, whatever we focus on the most, whatever we look at the most, that's what we become on the outside. Whatever, whatever pictures going on on the inside, your body will line up with that. Uh, with Michael, you know, uh, he, he was crying all the time. And so what the Lord led us to do was to uh, immerse our, because I went to those, same three men that prayed for me a year before 
And I was instantly healed and the doctor could find no more cancer. So I went to the same three men to pray for Michael and uh, trusting that he would be instantly healed and nothing happened. This time I said, God, what's the deal? He said, I don't want you to trust in a principle that I led you to do in the last time you received from me. I want you to look to me and I'll show you if there's anything you need to do. And so I just started to seek the Lord. And he said, I want you to immerse yourself in my word. I, I want you to, you and your wife to immerse yourself in my word. I want you to write down healing scriptures, authority of the believer scriptures, uh, God's faithfulness scriptures, and write those scriptures down. And I want you to quote those scriptures. I mean, I, there were about 70 scriptures we wrote down on a piece of paper and we would, we would speak those over Michael. We would speak them to the devil like Jesus said, it's written, it's written, and it's written again. And we would speak to the devil and we would speak it back to God. Father, this is your word and, and you're able to bring it to pass in Michael's life. And, and we, we began to just quote that word and, and I would, uh, I, Janice and I would take turns taking care of Michael and then, and then the other one of us would spend that time in the in the Word of God, and we we I quoted, I wrote down. I mean, I I uh, did a cassette tape at the time. Uh, we didn't have CDs then. I did a cassette tape of my voice quoting those scriptures, and we played that in our house twenty four seven. And when, when we we just began to speak those verses in Proverbs four twenty through twenty two, he said, "My son." Give attention to my words, attention to my words, attention to my words. Do you, do you know that, man, with Healing University, you've got so much, uh, so many opportunities uh, to go back and to hear the word and hear the word and hear the word and focus on the word. And I want to encourage you that, that are, are they're dealing with uh, a, a physical battle that's been a long time. Uh, to go back over the CDs, go back over the links, go back over the material, go back over especially the lessons that were really speaking to you. Uh, because, you know, it's not just one time that you hear the word and, and it's, it's hearing and hearing. Give attention, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. He gave you the remedy here in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 for you to receive healing. That's how, Mike, that's how Michael received his healing. My wife and I, uh, Michael was 15 months old and, and at the time. And then when it first, he was first afflicted and then you know, when he was 18 months old, he finally crawled. And then 22 months old, he finally walked. And, and then, uh, you know, then after that, it was where all the swelling was gone. It was a little bit later. But uh, I call this verse and I call this principle the attention factor. But what are you giving your attention to? Uh, we had to shut things off. We even cut some uh, relationships off not not cutting them off uh, permanently, but we didn't want 
to bring Michael around unbelieving believers, even that were that were just would would speak negative over him all the time. We just we just spent time with the Lord and we let him build his word in us. And and uh, and, and after a number of weeks of focusing on the word, Janice saw a vision. She saw her vision of Michael changed. And, and this was like at least two months or two and a half months after we'd been quoting the word and immersing ourselves in the word. And she saw a vision of Michael running around the corner with his arms out saying, mama, mama, mama. She got that vision. And after two months of quoting 70 scriptures over and over and over again, you know, there's nothing magical about 70 scriptures. There's nothing magical about how many times you quoted. It was just the principle of we had to get our attention off of Michael's pain, off of the doctor's report, and we had to give our focus to the Lord so that our so that our focus, our picture on the inside would change. And one of those verses that that we were quoting, Psalm 119, 89, 90, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, and your faithfulness is to Michael. We put Michael's name in there, to all Michael's generation. That word leapt off of the page into our hearts. And I saw that same vision. Janice told me about the vision. I let God put that vision in my heart. And I saw Michael running, yet he wasn't healed right away. He wasn't healed when we we got that vision, or when Janice got that vision. But a month later, after she got that vision, he crawled for the first time. In three months, he, he hadn't crawled at 18 months old. And then four months later, he walked. And a year after that, he ran around the corner. It happened. He ran around the corner. And he said, Mama, Mama, Mama. And we rejoiced that day. But we saw it over a year before. We saw it because we spent time with the Lord. And he downloaded a vision of what he saw about Michael. And what we saw on the inside became reality on the outside. It didn't happen overnight, but we, we changed our focus. We moved our attention off of what the enemy was doing and off of the pain and off of the sickness and off of all the reports. And we moved it on what God said. And, and listen, what I'm sharing with you, it'll work for you too. If you focus on the Lord, focus on his word. You'll get that vision and it'll change. Luke 1, 46 and 47, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit is rejoiced in God, my Savior. And again, your soul, your spirit is, is the part of you that's saved, that's righteous, that's born again. That's where, you, where the spirit of God dwells. Uh, but your soul is your mind, will and emotions. And whatever your mind, will and emotions magnifies that will determine either the releasing of what God has placed in your and deposited in your spirit or the binding up of that. Uh, we, Andrew's already taught you that he already have healing in your spirit. It's just waiting to be released. And, you, and the, one of the ways it gets released is you've got you've to magnify the Lord. You've got to magnify the word. You've got to focus, get, change your focus. Psalm 24, 7, lift up your heads, O you gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory, who is already in your spirit, shall come in in your soul in His fullness. 
When you get your focus in the right place, the King of glory who already is in you, you know, when he said, behold, Revelation 3.20, behold, I not stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, uh, I'll come into him, sup with him, he with me. Uh, he was he, he was talking to Christians there. Well, Jesus isn't on the outside looking in. He's on the inside looking in. He's knocking on the door of our soul. And he said, look, if you lift up your heads, get your focus off of, of your problem, the sickness, the disease, how long it's been. He said, the king, you're going you're gonna to allow, you get your focus in the right place through giving attention to the word. And what's going to happen is the king of glory who's already on the inside of you will manifest in your soul and your, and your physical body. Numbers 21 verse 4 is a story of the children of Israel who they, they murmured and complained because of uh, problems on the way. Uh, verse, uh, verse 1 through 3 talks about how the Lord listened to their voice and delivered them from the Canaanites. And then verse 4, when they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. The soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. They'd forgotten the miracles that God had just done for them. They got their eyes off of God. They got their eyes on the condition of the way. We cannot afford to let the barometer of our soul rise and fall on the condition of the way or the condition of our bodies. Their souls become very, became very discouraged. Then they began to complain and murmur about their leaders, blaming them. And this resulted in death for many of them in the plague. And God told Moses, remember, to, to build, make, build that, uh, put a fiery serpent, put it on a pole, and that was a type of Jesus that was to come who, was who would take all of our sicknesses, our diseases on him on the cross. And he said, whoever looks, beholds, inspects, and considers what that, that, that uh, sacrifice of Jesus to come would live. Whoever changes his focus from the condition of the way, from the condition of the way to the maker of the way, will live. And when you compare that to John 3.14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So whoever will change their focus from the condition of the way, the challenges, the length of time you've dealt with that sickness or pain, the doctor's report, etc., to the maker of the way, will, will live, will be healed, will be made whole. Whoever will behold and inspect and perceive and consider what Jesus has accomplished for you through the finished work of the cross will live. Listen, it didn't happen with Janice and I overnight. Michael wasn't healed overnight, but he's healed today. He was well. It took a period of time. Get your eyes off the calendar of the clock. Get your eyes off of the pain, the sickness, the disease, how long it's been. And get your eyes off of the condition of the way. And get your focus on the maker of the way. And the maker of the way will change the condition of your way. That's powerful. That's, 
That's just powerful. It's awesome. The last point that I want to deal with you in this lesson, and it's been great to spend this time with you. And I, before we finish today, I'm going to pray uh, for you. Uh, is is this principle that's that's in my book, uh, your your healing door, um, and it's the principle of dealing with counterattacks, dealing with counterattacks. I I've seen so many people receive healing, and then the enemy comes back and brings a symptom on them, uh, and then and then they just uh, they just agree. Well, I guess I, I guess I wasn't healed. And they get back into agreement with, with the sickness because a symptom came back. And that, that, is, that is typical of the enemy and what his plans are. It's just like when you forgive somebody and, and you genuinely forgave them, then the thought sometime later, the emotion of anger or whatever, or, or a remembrance of what that person did, it comes back to you. And, and then so you assume well, I guess I didn't forgive them. You're, what you're doing is you're following your feelings, nothing more than feelings, and instead of the Word of God. And so Michael walked for the first time at 22 months old. And Janice and I were overjoyed um, at this miracle. And the, and the doctors had told us if this disease progressed, Michael would never walk. And along with the joy and relief that came with this um, miracle of healing and victory came the temptation to lay our guard down spiritually. We were weary from the long, intense battle and we're actually looking forward to some rest from our fight of faith. And what I realized from this time was we were actually most vulnerable immediately following a great victory. And I want to uh, I want to read to you from just from a chapter of, of my book uh, about about that. About a month after Michael took his first steps, our pastor John Osteen, Joel's dad, preached a message called "The Counterattack of the Devil." And what a timely and applicable message uh, this was for us. Uh, the basis for this word was. And from a passage in Matthew's gospel, um, in Matthew 12, uh, when, when an unclean, of 43 through 45, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it will be with this wicked generation. I still have the notes from that message that Brother Osteen taught several years ago. More battles are lost in counterattacks than any other kind of battle. It's true that you and I have authority over the devil because of Jesus, but the devil doesn't give up because he, just because he leaves you the first time. Demons can't find rest outside of bodies. Jesus said that there is a demon that calls your body his house. I mean, does that anger you or what? Spirits of infirmity, iniquity, and uncleanness say, well, I'm going to return to my house. 
There's a demon that calls your body his house. Don't give the devil any room. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now and now, and the, the devil can't come back unless you let him. Understanding this truth didn't put fear in Janice and I. Rather, it prepared us for future attacks. In fact, just one month later, after Michael walked for the first time, his wrist and hand began to swell up again. Instead of allowing fear and doubt to consume us, uh, our thoughts, or, they, or, or to agree that Michael's, well, I guess Michael's healing, I guess it just didn't last, or it was short-lived, we just took authority over the enemy and rebuked that swelling and commanded it to leave his body in Jesus' name. And within 24 hours, it was gone. We were ready for the counterattack. And you need to be ready as well. The point is this. Don't be naive and don't let down your spiritual guard. Once you experience a, 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 a spiritual victory and you receive your healing, the devil will be back. That's not to fear. You need to understand. You need to be ready for him. He's a creature of pride. And whenever he comes and you defeat him with the word, uh, he'll think twice about coming back to your house. He's after the word. Don't let the word go. When he comes to steal it, stick him with it. It's written. It's written. Matthew 4, 14. It's written. It's written. And it's written again. When he comes to steal it, stick him with it. He's the one who's in doubt. He's the one who's defeated. Be prepared to respond to every counterattack, just like Jesus did with its written. When you're ready for these counterattacks and you run the enemy off with the word, it puts fear in him about trying to attack you again. He'll think twice about coming to your house to try to steal from you. It would be like a burglar coming to your house and, and you were ready for him and maybe you shot and wounded him or hit him with something and he, he ran off. Uh, one thing is for sure, he may burglarize other homes, but he's definitely going to stay away from your house and think twice about coming back to your place because you exercised authority to keep him out. He'll go to other homes where it's easy pickings and there's no resistance. And that's exactly how it is with the devil. If you consistently resist him with the word, he'll flee. He tried, uh, I heard this message. There's, there's an enemy. It's not if he comes, it's when he comes. He's going to come back and check you out and see if, you're, if your house is filled with the word of God. If you're filled with faith, if you're filled with authority, and he's going to try to test that and see, don't disappoint him. If he knocks on your door, you let faith and let Jesus and let the word of God answer him. It is written by his stripes I'm healed. It is written, I've got authority over you. I rebuke you. And then watch him flee again. And, and, and you, can, you can rejoice over that. Jesus told us the kind of house where the devil can regain control. It's a house that is swept. It's a house that is clean but it's empty. It's a house that's not filled with the word. It's not filled with the spirit. That explains why so many people who are healed through the gifts of the spirit, maybe at, a, maybe at an evangelist, healing evangelist revival or some other way, 
that they lose their healing later. It's because they've not taken the time. Uh, they've not taken the time after receiving their healing to get filled with the Word of God, to watch Healing University, to, to be prepared for the enemy. I'm not afraid of the enemy. He's afraid of me. You, you shouldn't be afraid of the enemy. He's afraid of you. He, he dreads when you wake up with the knowledge of the Word of God Amen. in your life. Man, this is powerful. We must take responsibility to fill ourselves up with the Word so the healing that God gave us cannot be stolen by the enemy later through a counterattack. Kenneth Hagin describes this responsibility well in his book, How to Keep Your Healing. And he writes, Yes, the devil will try to put things back on you. But if the word of God has been built into your heart, if you've meditated upon it long enough, fed on it, put it into your heart until you know it's become a part of you, your inner consciousness, you can put the devil on the run every time. If temptation comes, if pain comes, instead of being afraid and panicking and submitting to that, just start laughing. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. The Bible says, Psalms 2, verse 4, He in the heavens does laugh and he has them in derision. The, the God laughs at the devil and the devil doesn't know what to do when you laugh at him. He comes back to you to try to take from you. Just start laughing at him. Ha ha, ho ho, he he, hallelujah. It's important, guys, that we stay in faith about our healing, even after it's manifested. Stay in faith. Be ready for the devil's counterattacks and you won't be defeated by them. Stay in faith in the word regarding every aspect of your being. Don't doubt your healing when the devil comes cloaked in a pain or another lying symptom of sickness or disease. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Run him off with the word and he will mark your house as a place he and demons will fear to approach again. This is so powerful. We, we can be prepared for counterattacks. That's not fearful. The enemy's just walking about seeing who he can take advantage of. Uh, I can tell you this, after watching these this number of uh, lessons from Healing University, uh, I, I just want to say, poor devil. <laughs> he's a loser. And he's lost again because you, you've got this revelation. You've got this authority. You've, you've got this knowledge that Jesus has already paid the price for you. He's not holding out on you. He, he loves you with an, with an everlasting, with an everlasting love. He, he's a, if, if he's given you his word, he's given you his spirit. He's, he's given you testimony. He's given you these, uh, this means through healing university to focus on his word. And as you focus on Him, uh, you're, you're going to see that the life of Jesus on the inside of you is manifested in your mortal body. Uh, I want to uh, encourage you, I want to pray for you, and encourage you to med meditate on these things and, uh, and know that you are the victor, you're not the victim. Know that you are God's beloved. He cares for you. And the enemy is the one that's jealous of our relationship with God. So Father, I want to thank you for every person watching, 
Help them receive the revelation of your great love for them and uh, give, give them courage to focus, change their focus off of the condition of the way to the maker of the way. And then, Lord, be, help them to be realized that they're going to fill their house with the word. The enemy, is whenever the enemy tries to come back with a symptom or a pain, they're just going to laugh at the devil and say, it's written, it's written. It's written again, and the enemy is going to go off again with his tail tucked between his legs, the creature of pride that he is. He's going to be shown to be the loser among his camp because we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You are the healed. You are the whole. I command pain to leave your body right now. I command sickness to go. I command uh, your your knees to be strong, strengthen your body. Uh, the love of God and the Word of God makes you whole. In Jesus' name, I was 